0: Hello, my name is Hannah Reeve. I'm the founder of Nature Nurtures, where we help social entrepreneurs, passionate teachers, and early years practitioners to set up their own outdoor nurseries and projects for children around the UK. Here on the road that led us here, I interview pioneers in education about how they built their businesses and the journey that brought practitioners to their role in working with children. Joining me today are Karen and Caroline of Lark's Foot Woodland Childcare. Now Lark's Foot exists in ancient woodland at Leighton Hall in Lancashire. It hasn't been going for long at all and has been interrupted by the global health situation, but I thought it'd be really useful to hear about their journey in these early days and to learn how they've remained resilient in the face of so many challenges. We're also going to hear their story of joining forces after some inspiring forest school training and how they have found happiness and fulfilment in their work. I'm really excited to have you both here and to learn more about your journey. Now, I'd really like to hear about your beginnings. You're in the wonderful position of doing Lark's foot together. So how did you first meet?
1: Uh, well, Caroline one day got a random message of a random person. I was moving to the area and I wondered if I could childmind in the area. I wondered if it was like viable. So I just messaged a few childminders from the area, checking up on fees, what they charged and if it was worth me pursuing childminding here. And um, Caroline was one of those people I emailed and she invited me around for a coffee and we it just our friendship just blossomed from then
0: wow so that was really (laughs) easy (laughs) yeah (laughs) this this never happens wow okay so you moved into the area you what you've literally just moved moved in and thought right I'm going to be child minding so I need to find it was before
1: I even moved here I was looking at jobs and thinking right do I continue my child minding as I move here is it is it worth it and then I thought I'd message Caroline from where I used to live and then I moved here and she was one of the first people I met when I moved here because I didn't know anybody when I was moving to the area so what prompted your move the area it's just an absolutely beautiful place the seaside's on our doorstep and the woods and the mountains just and we're just on the lake district boundary as well so everything really
0: it is stunning it's a lovely part of the world really beautiful Now, Caroline, you're a super experienced childminder. What on earth did you think of this person sending out this email?
2: Actually, nothing really, because I've been a childminder for uh, 20 years. I know quite a lot of childminders and um, I've always been somebody that likes to help someone or the go-to person. So if someone came to me for help with childcare issues and I didn't know the answer, I'd sort it. And when I got this um, message, it was just like, yeah, I'll help you in any way I can.
0: That's wonderful. I think you're a childminder through and through. I love this about this sector and I think this is why childminders are really super people because it's such a good thing to be a childminder because of how agile and resilient you can be in the face of challenges like this, like we're we're going through at the moment, but also offering that lovely degree of childcare, that lovely experience for children in the home. You two are also doing something very different because... You're combining that childminder element and you're stepping out of your front door. So tell me a bit more about what you're doing now.
1: I lived here then for, was it two years? And then I'd got like lots of babies, like lots of under twos. And just before, oh, when is it? Lockdown throws out the whole year. So the year before lockdown, I made this pact that I was never (laughs) having any children under three years old again and so I was looking at different avenues and because I'm outdoorsy I went down the forest school I went on my forest school training then I decided that right okay my childcare is going to be in the woods and I'm just going to do three to four year olds in the woods and then I started looking for woodland and then I started thinking ah I can't do this on my own I need somebody there I could like fall over or just health and safety I just couldn't do it on my own and I was just having a chat to Caroline and she said I'll do it with you I'll come outside we'll do this together outside so we just decided to see if we could child mind outside so you're outdoorsy
0: you sound like the person who really lit the fire with this so you were the match that got the whole thing going is that right Karen Uh, yeah yeah in terms of being outdoorsy
1: what does that mean to you when I before I moved here I had an allotment and I would have the children on the allotment and we'd be in the woods or we'd go for walks like the care I was able to provide, I was just better outside Which I felt I was better outside than being in the house When I'm in the house, I'm really flat I just don't feel excited And I always feel that the children aren't as excited And and when we're out, we always just seem to have like this better time And I'm mountaineer, so I climb and like rock climb and walk Spend time in the allotments I suppose that's what makes me outdoorsy What about you, Caroline? Are you outdoorsy? Not to Karen's
2: extreme, no <laughs> As a childminder for doing it for so long, I think I got stuck in a rut. A lot of things changed in my life. I lost my parents and I felt a bit too much isolated. And it got me down being in the house a lot. My childminder just changed to we were out a lot. So the beach and the woods or the park. or And I found that actually that made me feel so much better. And the kids were so much happier. And we just got up to so many different adventures together. That it's just right <laughs> to be
0: out. It feels right, doesn't it? Feels right. I kind of really identify with that, and I can identify with Karen's saying as well about being better outside. I find it easier to be with children outside. I think having that freedom for myself, obviously, it transfers into the children. It's a lovely shared shared experience. I love it. I think everybody should do it. It's interesting to hear the, the different degrees of outdoorsiness because the reason I'm asking that is your setting the Larkspur setting itself. So over at Leighton Hall, that is fully outdoors, isn't it? Although I've just seen your exciting news that you've now got a yurt.
1: Yes, a beautiful Mongolian yurt. It's authentic. It's got um, like horse hair around it, like ties are all horse hair and all the paintwork's just beautiful. And that came from a, a grant that Leighton Hall won and um, to try and keep them alive through COVID. So try and keep mm-hmm. their business running. And that benefited us because we they wanted to support another business and that we use their site. so. Yeah, we're so lucky
0: fantastic let's go back again and understand so you've met each other you've decided this is a really good idea to do this or try this how did you go about finding Leighton hall how did that happen
1: i was on my forest school course and i was like i don't know what to do in my life Um, i don't know where it's going and then it sort of unfolds and i phone lots of people asking people what they've done um, how they managed to run after school clubs and things like that and so I just thought, well, I'll just do what I'm good at. I was just went to social media, asked anybody, have you got a woodland in your garden that you don't use anymore? Or do you know anybody that's got a woodland? And, and then we like had two places lined up. And, and then that's when Caroline came on board. And we both went to Leighton Hall to see if they could rent us some woodland. So was Leighton Hall something that you knew about in the area? And not it didn't really come to my mind to use it, although it's only a mile away from my house. I didn't, had never been there. I like, looked at it from the viewpoint but it was somebody at school who works there that suggested it just seemed like the great place to go and just have a look and see what came from it
0: so carolyn when i when i asked that question you smiled knowingly so there must be a story behind that
2: (laughs) tell me what happened we just went for a meeting and we just thought we were going to see like a lady in an office or something and it was actually lucy who uh, her mom owns late hall and um, and she was just so excited and said yes and the talking and let's do this and we can do this and we could do this and we could do this just got bigger and bigger and bigger and more exciting and yeah it, it happened so fast I think I can't believe that it's been there you know it was September yeah. but before then that, that we're doing it now.
0: Well that's fantastic it really helps when you have landowners who, who get what you're trying to do because they're so important especially in those early days so do you have a lease with Lucy, what's the arrangement? How is that set
2: up? We rent off, uh, off Lucy. She just charges us so much a day, depending how many
1: days we want to be on site.
0: Right. So you have, okay, so she charges you a day rate. And either you you're not there every day at the moment. So tell me about how that's set up, Karen.
1: We're there three days a week. So within when we were changing, it was mostly lockdown that made us decide how we wanted our lives to be. So it wasn't just about the children. It was also about us and our needs. We're getting a little bit older now. I don't want to be looking after young children five days a week or four days a week because it's exhausting. (laughs) Um, So we made the decision that actually we could afford to work three days a week. And then if we are feeling good, that comes out on how we teach and spend our time with the children. So we do three days. It was going to be two and then have one day at home. But then COVID, we were just so sick of our houses and we just thought, look, can we just make this work three days and never have to shell mind all day in our house so uh, we made it work. And then what's the setup then
0: for Ofsted so are you registered as a, a nursery or are you registered as childminders what's that setup?
2: So we're registered as co-childminders and we have 50-50 so 50% at Leighton Hall and 50% at Karen's.
0: And then how does that work for you in terms of like you're going to obviously have the after school or the before school
1: how does that work for you Karen? So we could get maximum time in the woods and less time in the house Um i have before school children so that's how our 50 percent works. and then after school and we just leave late and haul it two o'clock so that in time for the school run and sorting everybody out and then caroline obviously works for my house within that those times and then that's how our registration works because they're really strict on their 50 50 so if you yeah offset are really like you've got to be 50 percent here and you've got to be 50 percent in your house so when we added up all our numbers it worked out that actually the wrap-around care that i I was providing actually fitted in quite nicely with the hours and if we were going to be oh say we wanted to be at late and an extra hour a day we'd just have to find another day within the week to get that extra day maybe at my house.
0: It's a really interesting setup and I haven't come across it before I've come up with co-child mining but not making it work in this scenario where you're having to do you have to drive there do you have to drive to the site or can you walk because you said it was a mile didn't you?
1: Yeah, I have, it's a, it's an hour's walk from me, um, it's an, a one-mile drive from me and I don't make the children walk because it's up a very big hill. It's yeah. like a huge big hill. We would never get to the woods, it'd be time to come home by the time we got there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Caroline, she there. lives about 15 minutes away from my house, so she has to drive. Exciting. I'm really passionate about child-led and how I love the ethos of forest school and I love that it's something that you do over a long-term period. And it was really great that we could offer a long-term forest school for our children so we could see the progression and the benefits of it. And that really fitted in with how I was child-minding. So I would be really child-led and I'd spend a lot of time observing the children and really their choice. Like I dabbled a little bit with a thing called in-the-moment planning, which Mm is, so I dabbled in a bit of that. And forest school just seemed to be a better fit for me. I love child-led. It's I rip.
2: love
0: in well, planning in the moment, in the moment, planning, whatever you want to call it. Anna F. Graves' piece that she's put together, absolutely brilliant. If you don't know about it, do have a look at it.
2: Yes, yeah, she's really good, really good. I did some training with Anna on one of her courses, and
1: that's what I did at my house. We have had this conversation um, a lot because, I mean, Caroline's she's got the level of qualifications that we would need to be a nursery. Um, she's got the management qualification and things so we could do it but we live so near the beach and the flexibility of being childminders. so one day we might just want to go to the beach if the tide's in and have a fire or something on the beach we might maybe go to the West Merlin show we did that like a couple of years ago and the kids I mean it rained a lot but it was just having that little bit of flexibility so that we could do a little bit extra, and the fact that we can still be around for our children, we're not set on times, so we don't have to be there at eight o'clock, and we don't have to be there till six. We can take the kids in the car, so that I can take them home. If something happens at late, and maybe I had the plumber coming round, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to go home to my house to get the plumber sorted. We really like the fact that we can still be flexible at that, but we it's a never say never. <laughs> but at the moment, it fits in because my son's still my son's eight, and he's he can't walk home yet from school.
0: Right. So you like the flexibility. It fits in with your lives right now. It, it sounds like it makes a lot of sense for where you are right now. Be interesting to revisit you in a few years' time and see uh, how that's developed. Now, because you're childbinders as well and the setup you have, how many children can you have at Larksford then out in the woods?
1: We have four children each. I mean, we, ha- we aren't at capacity on one day. We have four each. And then we're having discussions with a lady about homeschooling childcare for homeschoolers and having an assistant who wants to do homeschooling. It's like another forest school leader we know. So, our ratios I mean, we can have six children under eight between it, like each, mm-hmm. but we'd only have four under five. And then we could have a couple of seven year olds, for instance, mm-hmm. on top of that. So, and then if we have an assistant, the assistant has six under eight as well on their ratio. So we're just we're in discussions now about whether we offer childcare on one of our days to children from homeschooling network. That makes a lot of sense.
0: We have a similar in our kindergarten. We do have a home ed and flexi school group and the home ed group has grown financially and particularly off the back of lockdowns. Because I don't think people quite get that home, elective home educated children are the most sociable bunch. you will ever meet they tend to meet up for lots of different groups with one another or going out on wonderful work experience as well they they have a lot of flexibility and opportunity so when all of that locked down it was a big blow for them so being able to set up something like you guys have done and to offer that to those children coming and spending time in the woods it's a really valuable thing and and is valued by those families and certainly our families here in here in our county in Worcestershire so I would say go for it and anyone you know anyone else who's looking for that expansion if your registration allows it absolutely do it makes complete sense doesn't it
1: yeah and we find that um all the different age groups work really well together yeah. so the older children mix in with the younger children and vice versa it really works nice with the flow I mean, our social, our little group and their social skills are absolutely amazing. And like a lot of the time we're sat around watching because they've been together for such a long time outside. Their social interactions are just brilliant now. And sometimes we're like, oh, we'll just do a bit of gardening while they're just all doing their thing. It's just, it's just brilliant.
0: And that works really well in those, in the non-Covid times, because at the moment we're a bit restrained by the guidance that is separated for the under fives and over fives at the moment. So, if you're a setting and trying to do that on a slightly bigger scale, it just becomes more challenging. But I, I, possibly for you guys, it's a little bit easier because as you're finding childminders, you you have that flexibility, which, but it's something just to be aware of and have a look at. How do the finances work for you guys? So, obviously, you're setting up your 50 50 childminders. How do you split the fees? How does that work?
1: We just half it. We just, no, yeah, we just half it. It's just 50 like... 50. <laughs> We worked the same amount of time, really. So so do the
0: parents listen. pay into, how do the parents pay? Do they, you know, just one pay you and then another pays Caroline or how, how does that work?
1: No, right. everybody
2: pays me and then I pay Caroline.
0: In all seriousness, I really do think setting up any kind of business, but specifically in this sector, doing it with someone else at the scale that you're both getting to that point of, like when you get to full capacity, you are, I know you will, you might not be thinking about it now, but you will be thinking, okay, we need to go to the next level. So w- what are the steps that we need to take now? And I think to do that on your own, it limits you in terms of what you're able to do. But if that fits in with your life, that's fine. But to take on so much responsibility and do it on your own, is it blows my mind that people do this on their own. It really does. I think yeah. when you start having more and more of those children, and then you start having assistance, you know, You've got payroll counts, all sorts of things to do. It just feels like a, an insurmountable task if it's you on your own. I love how you're doing this because you're doing it a very wise way. You've broken it down into stages. You've started as an independent child mind. Now you've come together. And then one day you might go to the next bit, whatever that bit might be. But you will because you both have that passion. Like I can see it in you both and I can hear it really comes across in your story. And I think it's really interesting to hear from both of you how you talk about how making this change to working together has made you happier, better at your job, to have that sense of fulfilment restored.
1: What's been the journey like t- to get there? Well, oh, we had COVID in the middle of it. So we made, we had our, I think it was January of 2020. We had had the meeting with Lucy to get the the spot. And then we, at the time, we were proper, proper in the woodland were planning we cleared it and then lockdown happens and we we neither of us had any work because none of our fam- families at the time were key workers so we had the whole of lockdown one on our own so we'd gone from being so excited to Having this bit to sitting at home for four months and your emotions go up and down and you're like, why am I doing this? Is this right? Should I just quit child minding? Because obviously we weren't getting paid because we're self-employed and it was just like a bit of an up and down. And then when it started easing a bit, we went up onto site and we were like, no, no, this is right. We've got to do what's best. And we had like lots of exciting chats and we were like, right, okay, let's work three days in the woods. We won't do two in the house and one in um, one in the house and two in the woods. And then we started clearing the site and we were just getting more and more excited. Yeah, and we got ready, and we had. Then we had the parents come for a look around, because quite a lot of the parents were already children that we already looked after. So it really worked. So they all came and saw it. So they've. So a lot of our parents have been on this journey with us. So I've had like children from six months old, and then they started at Foot at three, and so they've had this this big journey. So it's been exciting. Wow. I haven't ever thought that we were doing the wrong thing. Not once have I thought this is the wrong thing. I mean, I've had days where I'm like, oh, is this the right, is winter, what's winter going to be like? <laughs> and that dread, And but not once have I thought we're not doing the right thing. Yeah,
2: winter was a learning curve, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Caroline, tell me about that journey for you to getting to, I guess, emotionally getting to where you are now. How has that been for you?
2: Emotionally, mentally, I'm so much happier, so much calmer. I love it. I think I, I was so down and i think if i hadn't done this i would have just quit childminding by now i got so stuck that i can't do it anymore from my own home i felt isolated (laughs) that i needed to do something else and because i've done it for such a long time it was what other i wouldn't even know where i'd go if i didn't do childcare. i'm such a better person now and um hopefully that's helped all the children we've got as
1: well Like I said earlier on, I'm an excited puppy and I'm like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do this and we'll do this. Ah, I get excited and Karen's like, okay, we'll do that. But what's the first thing we need to do? Let's go back (laughs) to the day like number one. And then so that's how it works. And it's nice to see the change in Caroline throughout this. So um, the conversations we had through lockdown and the plans we were making, it was really like exciting because I'd spent the previous year. We'd been doing a lot of stuff where we take the children to the beach. She'd listen to me saying, oh, I've had this phone call with this guy about school club and wondering how he charges like 15 pounds a child and how does he afford it and those sort of things. She'd listen to all my chat and then she's, I'll do it with you. So seeing the change from in Caroline along this whole journey has just been like great. And the fact that she now... Winds me in and reins me back, and then she's very organised with the paperwork. I think she really enjoys the paperwork, weirdly. No. But... <laughs> no,
0: she's very good at it. <laughs> so
1: it's nice, and she's like a mum as well. Sorry, Caroline. You are my friend, but you are like a mum as well.
0: I'm really getting a sense of this partnership and how it works. I can see Caroline, the stoic, level-headed, keeps everyone calm. And hang on a minute, hang on a minute. This excited person here, comes down.
1: Our landowner is just like me as well. So <laughs> Caroline's not just got me, she's got Lucy as well. So Lucy never phones me. She always phones Caroline because she knows that Caroline will just keep her right. Yes,
2: yeah, some meetings can be challenging when they're both really excited. <laughs> I can imagine. And yes, I
0: can absolutely imagine. Yeah. Thank goodness they are happy, Caroline. Right. So winter. How many seasons have you actually
1: operated? When have you been open? Um, we opened in September. So we've had autumn, winter, and now today's the first day of spring, but it's felt like spring for about three weeks, something
0: like that. So you had, right, so you had, are you talking, hang on, where are we? Uh, You're talking September 2020 that you opened. Is that right? Yes. So, Like you're saying, you'd lose that whole year because, (laughs) because of the pandemic. Yeah. So you opened September 2020. Now, what we're finding, and a lot of people say this is down to climate change, winters are wet they're cold and they're wet and our summers are getting drier and drier now as a forest school who during those seasons that you're talking about where you've been pretty much fully outdoors I think you had a bell tent didn't you for a bit at what point did you get the bell tent
1: we got the bell tent in August and we got it set up for visits we felt we just needed it to look a little bit parent friendly for visits and we thought we needed the tent and then that would reassure parents about how their children were going to be in the winter. Very,
0: very sensitive. Um, Did you have any means of heating the bell tent?
1: We were going to, but no. We've managed the winter through the use of Leighton Hall's unused tea room and out in the woodlands. So that's, that's how the winter Brilliant. came. You have had to
0: really look around at what's available. You've made absolute use of the times that you're in and the fact that there needs to be something available you've used that time as an opportunity to learn how you're going to do the next winter. Because that has been really telling, hasn't yeah. it? Because it is challenging. And there are children who do get cold. And once children get cold, it's very difficult to warm them back up and to bring them back. It is a really big one to think about. And I think when somebody comes to me and says, I'm going to set this up. I think we can do it fully outdoors. We might just have a
1: tent. I think I would be what would you guys be saying to them the tent would need an insulated floor it definitely needs like a stove if you can afford something insulated get something insulated if there's any way of having like a building that you can dry because it wasn't that bad the winter wasn't that bad in that respect I mean there was maybe I can remember maybe a few days where the clothes were absolutely soaked through and we had to put them on chairs in front of a fire I just don't think a tent Mm -hmm. is enough without an insulated floor and a stove. I would agree that 100%. It's
0: mainly because you need somewhere to dry because you get so, so wet. Yeah. Last winter, it was a very mild winter. This winter was slightly cooler, but not horrific. And we had some really lovely days of snow. The only thing you can guarantee for winters now is that it's going to be really wet. The children need a lot of changes yeah. of clothes and, and somewhere to to warm mm.
1: up the winter for us was most it was a learning it was a huge it was a huge learning curve and i'm glad we've done it and i'm not put off for next winter and our contracts are going to be different with parents (laughs) that's the main thing Um, they'll be if your child doesn't have neoprene boots they can't come you know they've got to agree to that they've got to sign for it i mean obviously these things are expensive and we're hoping that maybe we can buy the stuff off the children that are maybe going to school or growing out of it and then we can offer it to other children that may be struggling financially but they can't come in wellies which has happened so we've had days where we've had all the children that have just had wellies maybe sat under the tarp and we've had like hand warmers within snoods on their feet and like taking socks off put them down our tops we've had lots of gloves down our tops, so we can change hands over and put warm gloves on them because they're all like warms and We've just had lots of those little woolly mittens, you know, they're really cheap, thin ones, and we've just been swapping yep. them over. And but it is definitely and and things like proper waterproofs. If we can maybe manage to get other waterproofs on our stock, but we've had children not even having <clears throat> proper waterproofs, yep. like just like a coat that just as soon as it rains it soaks yep. through. And so that's it. We've that's the biggest learning curve for us is actually they need to sign an yeah. agreement. Because that's really
0: sensible. Is is the it, kit? Um, a lot of places do as part of the registration they have a registration fee and it includes some kit and that can be really good at having a bit of control over the quality of the waterproofs that are on offer um i would highly recommend didrickson's i think those are really good sets like the waterman sets they're easy and they're two-piece sets for those children who find it hard to you know if you've got an all-in-one it's tricky to go to the toilet isn't it we found this year that It's been one of our very best years in terms of children having the right kit. And that's taken us six years, six years to get to that (laughs) one. And I think, to be honest, I think it's mostly because we've been very clear with them about we're going to be outside. So they must have the kit. And then we've also given them a kit list with links of where they can buy this stuff. And also eBay, Facebook Marketplace. You can get this stuff secondhand. It's really, really you know, you can get yeah. it affordably. I think it's also a really good idea to have on your in your stock some kit that you can give to those families, you know, that really can't afford to buy secondhand. But, you know, those are the ones yeah. that, that really do need it. Do you have a registration fee or anything like that or people just sign up to a contract?
1: Yeah, they sign up to a contract. We hadn't really spoke about that. We just accepted people like we'd normally accept them within the house. And I have seen people having a registration fee and I think that does cover... The supply of yeah it is, and something. it
0: you know it doesn't have to be a lot, but as long as it covers you purchasing the stock, it allows you to have a lot more control over the stock and quality of the waterproofs because there will be people who just turn up in something cheap from Aldi. Which is fine, but you're going to have to layer up and layer up and layer up and they're also going to get really wet. So I recommend Didrikson's 100%.
1: I even bought my own Didrikson jacket because there was a couple of kids with them and I was like, (laughs) right, I'm getting
0: one of those. I've just bought some dungarees and they're fantastic. I look ridiculous, but I'm so comfortable. So that's, that's okay with me. Now, did you two know that you had this entrepreneurial streak in you? That you were going to go into business in this way? No. Your two ordinary people had an idea. Well, Karen, who had an idea and took everyone with her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's not fun on your own. You've got to do it with somebody else.
0: So your biggest challenges, what would you say so far? You've learned a lot about the weather. You're prepared for next winter. You're going to have a fantastic summer. You haven't even had a summer yet. you missed it.
1: No.
0: Honestly, this is when you realise that those tricky times in the winter and learning that learning curve this is when the magic really starts to happen this is where you're like oh this is why we're doing this it's going to be amazing (laughs) oh i'm honestly you're going to be so excited even caroline should be bouncing
1: Oh, she does yeah. Because we've moved into this new site. It's a little bit different. It's It's got trees and stuff. It's more of a walled garden. And when we have got the yurt up the other day, you were like proper excited. You're like, Let, let's clear this bit. Let's clear this bit. Let's do this. Let's do that. So, and the children have been involved as well. So we've moved into a new area. We've got this new yurt. And, um, and the children have been doing all the gardening with us. We're like, oh, let's clear this out and let's get this done. So it doesn't look parent friendly, but the kids absolutely love it they absolutely oh. love it i think our biggest challenge was the pheasants. like the gamekeeper was a bit upset about his pheasants, so um we were disturbing them so we've just moved a little bit out of the woods and we just visit the woods like we just it's only a minute walk to the woods isn't it like the proper woods so um, we just visit it rather than be there all the time
0: what would you say apart from the weather then what have been the biggest challenges so far or have there really been
1: any Ofsted was maybe our biggest challenge, even though it wasn't really a big challenge. We just weren't getting any clear information from them because we weren't (laughs) sure about our registration. And then I got COVID in October, so we had to close. So by closing, it then triggered something within Ofsted. And then they were like, well, hang on a minute, what are you doing? And then as I was ill, we were getting lots of questions about where we were working and what we were doing. And we'd already asked them all these questions. And then they're like, well, we're just going to come out and see you and see what you're doing. And we were like, oh, OK. And this is all happening when I was recovering from COVID and stuff. So it was all very convenient and very Ofsted-like. Ofsted lady met a very excited Karen.
2: <laughs> Although she was very keen. She was going, I can do that now if you want me to. And
1: was like, Let's just see how we get on first <laughs> before we... But yeah, I think it was sorting out a registration and how we could do it as childminders still and not become child care yeah. domestic non-domestic premises because that would be the yeah. other option I guess they'd be consent because they like she's come and done that
0: visit and they're relying on you to say but ultimately that's that's what your
1: registration <laughs> is
0: and you're professionals and that's what you've signed up to do so you know if there is a change you'll be going back to them yeah so far I mean summer's going to wipe everything else off the map but what have been your highs so far
1: we've had quite a lot I think we've had quite a lot of highs Yeah, I think the fact that I did my forest school six sessions for my training there, they were pretty high. But I think the grant to get her yurt was a big high, wasn't it? Because we were all really excited. Like uh, us and Lucy and our relationship with Lucy is really building. So that's quite a high. We've helped her design our school offering and what she's offering schools and things. So we've been involved in that and just the network of people we're meeting, you know, and just seeing how happy the children are all the time and, the fact that we have children they're like oh look at that catkin on that tree and you're like how did you know that and you know like this that fact that they're all like taking things in nut hatches they were pretty cool sitting bird watching and there's like a couple of nut hatches were like coming down and then there's a tree creeper and and the fact that the children were really excited about bird watching and sat and watched the fact that there's a real connection to nature the fact that we're seeing them really care about each other and everything else because that's all high oh that's applause, beautiful what
0: an answer it's really lovely to hear so let's take the lid off it what's the dream for this project
1: my dream isn't world domination i think we'd really like well i i don't know about caroline i'd really like to offer this out to maybe children who are struggling in mainstream education and having them on a long-term forest school i'd really love to have like slightly older children and seeing what they would get out of it, I think.
2: Yeah, we've talked about older children, and teenagers, that there's nothing for them. There's not a lot for them to do. And to get them involved at different levels would be wonderful.
0: Brilliant. Grassroots projects and innovations like this are really exciting to me. And I know that you'll make those things happen because you're two very determined, passionate and able people. I think we probably know the answer to this, but what's been the driving force between your determination and your passion? So let's hear this from each of you. Caroline, what's been the driving force and the passion behind getting this to where it is or where it's going?
2: Karen, (laughs) she's so passionate about it that you want to get involved more and you want to see if you can help her to achieve what she wants to achieve. It just brings you on and goes, yes, we can do that maybe not right now but let's work up to it (laughs) we'll get you there
0: what about you karen where's all this energy and determination and passion come from Um,
1: i don't know i think it comes down to when i was young when i was younger i got involved at school with a thing called Fairbridge. it was like taking children and you went um to maybe it was i went into inner city glasgow and it was like these projects and the things that take you off the street kind of stuff and it was just seeing the it's just been outside and my play as a child was just, you know, wild. You know, we just, we were allowed out, weren't we, all the time. And I think that's my driving force. I want children to have a childhood that I had, Do you know, like just climbing up trees and jumping off things. And I think that is a main, like, I just want my, everybody to have it. I think that's probably it. And the fact that the, I'm with Caroline and I know that with a strong relationship that we can do that. Because Caroline, you, you know, you, we love seeing the kids rolling about, don't we? And, how important it is and I don't think children have that anymore and it it makes me really sad that my kids just don't go outside and play anymore with other children because people are too scared so it's nice that we've got this safe environment and that's I suppose that's my driving force I just want children to you think that you see that as something that's missing now in today's world yeah so before I moved here I lived in a community where the children were out playing my youngest was out playing from four years old on the street with all the other children because we knew it was in a it was an army sort of army houses we were on in like a fence garden fence like community and then when I moved here and that got taken away it just really seeing how that had impact, impacted my children just got me back to thinking about my own childhood and how we missed play yeah we missed the kids my girls play. don't get that here where
2: I am it's it's not nothing in my environment around here where they could just go out and play it's sad they love it when I say right we're going up to the woods actually. They beg me to come and do some work yeah. at Lark's don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that's it all. Yeah. How old are your children, Caroline? I've got yeah. a 12-year-old. Um, I've got twin girls, um, Clista and Regan, who are eight. That's um, me. You're a busy woman. Yes, they keep me busy. They're full on. And you've got an eight-year-old, Karen, is that right?
1: Yeah, I've my children are the same age, so I've got a 12-year-old boy and an eight-year-old boy. Which is weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Okay,
0: so but so you mentioned the army there, w- w- were you in the army before childminding?
1: Yeah, so I was in the army, I, I joined the army at 16 because I wanted to, like, so my main reason for joining the army was I wanted to do assault courses right, and like, that kind of thing, I don't know, that's a bit random isn't it, to join the army and fight for your country because you wanted to play in assault courses but um, yes yeah, so I did nine years in the army and then I left the army because I was getting married to somebody who was in the army still so I thought if I wanted to have children, then. Both of us couldn't really be in the army. C- what core were you in? What, what kind of work did you do? Um, I was in the Royal <coughs> Signal, so I did telecommunications. Yeah, and then I went on to work for BT. So it's a real... And then people are like, and now you work with children? It's a bit of a real strange way to go, like a real turnaround. But um, I had my second child and I was a stay-at-home mum and I thought, oh, actually, I'd really like to do this as a job. Children don't backstab you. They tell you what they think to your face. <laughs> and, you know, like, they're just honest and, like... They give it. They like so. Like every day is exciting, and so I thought, yeah, working with children would just be. Um... <laughs> yeah. That's a natural progression,
0: army to caring for children. Who are your biggest supporters in your own lives?
1: Um. So my mom, like my mum and my aunties, and like just my immediate family, and my, well, my husband.
0: I like that your husband was right at the bottom <laughs> of that list.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does. He does get. It's a tough gig. He's got a tough gig. <laughs>
0: Have they been, you know, when you said that you wanted to do this, were they supportive? He gets his house back
1: (laughs) and he hasn't got children in it. I think that was a huge thing for him.
0: And what about you, Caroline? Who've been your biggest supporters? My friends,
2: Karen, (laughs) mainly. (laughs) My children, who it's changed their life as well. And they've noticed the difference in me with them. That makes sense. Um, I've been at home for them since they were born, obviously, and child-minded throughout. And I think they've noticed that actually it's okay if mummy goes out to work technically for three days a week and they're, they're quite happy with that but um yeah they love it my partner yeah he just lets me get on with it if i need help he'll give it if not it just that's my
1: work <laughs> he does his bit i do my bit.
0: what does a typical day look like for you at larksford
1: well, after we've done the school run but <laughs> so after we've like rounded them all up nine o'clock how does it start Usually we do like a little morning exercise, don't we, with some yoga. We start the day on the green. There's like a green out the front of the Leighton Hall. It's like a grand house. We do our morning warm yeah. up and then snack straight away. Food. <laughs> the kids just eat, <laughs> especially
2: a lot food. through winter. We notice
0: they yeah, need it yeah.
1: more through winter. Yeah. How do you do your food? And They bring packed lunches, but we bring snacks.
0: You prepare your snacks at home and bring those. You're super organised and share those and and then the children bring a packed lunch
1: so they're eating they've had their snack then what happens we don't really plan anything so we just see what they we just see what they want to do it just if nobody's really engaging with anything then then we intervene because we'll have like an idea so we're still like very much like it's spring and stuff so we have like things up our sleeve but quite often they they're quite they just go off and play they do free play so like we've got one boy who just wants to be in the hazel tree the whole time he likes just being in the tree. And then we've got children that just either flutter about into little bits, and they usually dig in mud. Like I think that's like our favorite thing just now. And then yes, yeah, a lot of it. it's just free play. I mean, I think since we've moved in, yeah. I think we've we been in three weeks. We haven't done any planning at all, have we? Whereas through the winter we were doing more planning. It was more like they weren't engaging in play very well. There wasn't any like real deep engagement.
2: I mean, but... we do do story time and song time and. Things like that throughout the day, depending when we need it. But we tend to slot it in when it's needed, not a set plan. We have to do it here and we have to do this then. And it's all whatever they want to do or whatever they've come across. We explore it together.
1: So there's not stop what you're doing, put everything down, come over
0: here. We're going to read a story. No, no, no.
1: no. story will be usually when somebody says, oh, can you read me a story? And they're like, yes, I can. And as you start reading a story, then the little gang come round and then you read it. They're all there. (laughs) yeah or if somebody it's quite nice because sometimes somebody might say oh like the other day we had a book with tadpoles in and like it was a book about all sorts and then they got really interested in the tadpoles so it was nice to then sit and then everybody else started coming over and they're like oh what about tadpoles and stuff so it kind of works more like that rather yeah. than us saying we're doing tadpoles this week it's like i didn't even think we'd be talking about tadpoles that day but we were talking about tadpoles and and then we found duck eggs so we were like oh let's make this um a little nest the duck eggs and stuff like that they weren't we didn't take them out of a the nest they had been like brought by something else they were they were not out of a like we didn't steal the eggs Um, they were just randomly on the floor and um so then we made like a nest and we found things that would make good nest and stuff so it really is it is all child kind of led isn't
0: it sounds fantastic i love your passion for nature and how unstructured the children's time is how it's theirs And how as well, over the summer, you're going to see them really take ownership of that new space that you have. And it's very exciting. You've got a lovely, exciting path ahead of you. And I'm really glad that that you agreed to share your story with us today. So thank you very much. If there are any aspiring listening to this who can identify with some of the things you're saying, thinking, hang on a minute, I'd really like to do this. What would you say to them?
1: Find, find the right person to do it with. Caroline's really laid back and I'm laid back. And I think it fit quite nicely together because we haven't fallen out. We haven't had a disagreement. If maybe I'm saying something and Caroline maybe doesn't agree with it, she'll really be diplomatic about it. And she might find another way of like suggesting something else very clever maybe I've been like off on a tangent or something yeah you have to know that person and know that you can work together and know that you both value the way children are brought up Caroline was really (laughs) child-led I couldn't work with somebody that was really structured and had like themes and that was really rigid that wouldn't have worked for me and I knew that and it's great that Caroline does the paperwork and she's awesome at paperwork and stuff and it really complements it doesn't it
0: it does it sounds like a very well balanced team as it should be and I must say, how you found each other is phenomenal because people can take years to find someone that they can work with, but somehow this works. And it sounds like it works yeah, really yeah. well for you both. So well done. I honestly take my hat off to you both. I really, really hope you have a fantastic summer. No more lockdowns. And I look forward to catching up with you both again in a few years time to see exactly where you're thinking of head and neck, heading next. Neck. But thank you again for sharing your story.
1: Yes, thank you very much, Anna. Thank you.